Okay guys, today I want to talk to you about the pure river of life in Christ Jesus. I want to talk about the simplicity that Christ was trying to zero your heart into, alleviating all of the conditions, the uh, limitations, the problems, the issues, um, and he, he does this in a very unique way. He, he actually reveals in the book of Revelation um, this aspect of you as an individual, not just the world, but you as an individual getting to the pure river of waters of life, okay? And so if you look at it from that perspective, the war is actually what, you know, John describes in 1 John as the war between the Christ and the Antichrist. The word Christ actually means the anointing, the Holy Spirit, right? And I, I there's so many things in today's um, church or what we call the, the, the watered down, the diluted church. Um, there's so many things that are emphasized above the Holy Spirit um, that are actually... Uh, I want to talk today about those aren't just like frivolous man-made things. Jesus actually called those doctrines of demons, okay? And so anything that takes you from, from the pure rivers of life in Christ Jesus is designed to dilute the power of the pure river. It's actually um, designed by the demonic to bring um, dirty waters, muddy waters, anything that uh, um, brings confusion into your heart um, is by design of the enemy. It's actually uh, intended to take away your simple trust in the voice of the living God. And that's, that's the symbol of the pure river of life in Christ Jesus. It, it is the voice, okay? It's not scripture. It's not anything that was once said that can be interpreted by man um, or be interpreted by the demonic. Did you know in the book of James that actually talks that the, that the devil himself knows the Bible? Okay. And so do you not think that there are twists and doctrines that come and establish powerlessness um, in men? Anything, any, anything that claims Christianity but is powerless and without the presence of God, or what I call the love of God, is actually diluted. It's muddy waters. It's, it's impurity, okay? Because the picture that Jesus gives is that when the pure river of life is flowing in you, in your heart, the supernatural, the grace, the presence of God um, is present. And it's really defined in a very simple ma manner. The outpouring of dreams and visions and the voice of God established in your life, okay? So there's a reason why David prayed for a pure heart. He knew the end goal was that there was no system from, from the, the, uh, the law of Moses. There was no routine in the temple. There, was, there wasn't anything that could produce the power and the grace and the love of God greater than, than the simplicity of the river, the flowing river, the voice of God flowing into a man's heart. And so David prayed, I need a pure heart. Give me a pure heart. Give me a pure heart. What he was actually saying is keep me from everything that dilutes your presence, dilutes your power and gets my attention off of, of you, Lord, 
and focuses me on the wrong thing. Those are, those are doctrines of demons. They produce powerlessness and enslavement in men. And, you know, the book of Revelation, it can be applied in a, in a worldview, but it, it really also can be applied in the war that's in the heart of every person to get to the end, which is when you get to Revelation 22, verse 1, I'm going to read the scripture here. It says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. They shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They, they need no lamp nor light of the sun, meaning the world, okay? For, for the, Lord, the Lord Himself gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Can I tell you that you don't need to wait to the end the intent is that you have the pure river of water of life now, that you actually fight the fight, right? The good fight. Paul calls it the good fight of faith, that you fight the fight, that you are delivered and separated from all the air that Christ talks about in, in the, the, the letters to the churches in Revelation 2 and 3, that you are actually delivered from those heirs by one thing, and that is the end goal, that Christ, the throne of Christ, and the voice of God is established in your heart. And by that, you are made pure, right? Men who follow the voice walk supernatural lives. It can't be explained by any other thing. They can't take credit by saying they, they followed a doctrine or they followed what a certain church said or they followed anything that men say. The simplicity of the voice of God as symbolized by the pure river of life, decrees that there is healing in every season, in every month, right? That's what the scripture just said. And that there shall be no more curse. That, that, and that's the essence of Christ, that in Christ, every curse is broken through the purity of the voice of the living God. And this is a powerful vision, guys, a powerful revelation that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the supernatural comes upon you and all these things that you learned in dead religious churches have to be eradicated. They have to be driven from you. And we're going to talk today about the power of the Holy Ghost and why the power of the Holy Ghost comes into your life to literally drive out those false understandings and really to drive out the demonic. Um, I've been um, in uh, several cities lately uh, and just had a lot of supernatural prophetic uh, ministry, a lot of deliverance. I'm going to talk about some of those deliverances here. Um, and people, people are asking me questions. Why, when the Holy Spirit comes, why are demons driven out? Well, listen, guys. The, you know, one of the key jobs of the Holy Spirit, as defined in uh, John 16, verse 11, is to actually judge Satan and the demonic, okay? And you, as a, as a, as a powerless being, are, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to take you by the hand and eradicate your trust in false things, which a lot of the powerless dead church establishes in the hearts of people. And that's, like I said, it's not just belief systems. It's the demonic that inspires the belief systems. 
Okay, so just to emphasize the importance of a pure heart further, uh, in Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Okay, so what's he talking about there? He's, 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 you know, when Jesus was addressing the Pharisees, he said, you are blind in spirit because you're hard in heart. Okay. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he's actually given you a new operating system. He's given you a new trust, a belief. And that's what the Lord actually calls the new heart, a heart that trusts in the Holy Ghost. Your heart is no longer deaf, dumb, and blind like the Pharisees who had the Bible memorized, but did not know the Holy Spirit. Okay. Instead, when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have a new operating system. Your trust, you set your mind on what the Lord is saying. Okay? Jesus emphasized, emphasized this to such a degree um, that he spent, like the whole, the whole chapter of John 14, 15, and 16 is spent on emphasizing the importance of the Holy Spirit or emphasizing the flow of the river of life that is to come to you. And as you are delivered by the Holy Spirit, Right? And, and just let me let me clarify a couple of things. Whenever you, there's a lot of churches and false doctrine that say that when you just come to an altar and say yes, that you you are now a Christian, that's not really true. The evidence of you being a Christian is when you lay down your life and follow the voice of the living God into the unknown, things that you can't stop, things that you can't create, things that you can't do. That is the new life. That's the creation of God working through you instead of a self-man-made religion who tries to achieve what dead churches establish as the requirements. That's, that is not what Jesus intended. Jesus actually said that the church would be the product of the Holy Spirit, not the church that embraces the Holy Spirit, okay? And we'll leave that for a whole second time, a second thing, but the church is actually the group of people who come together hearing the voice of the Lord together and become the supernatural going into, into the world and doing the impossible. And Jesus emphasized this so much. He says in John 14, starting with verse 16, he says, I will pray to the Father, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, forever, guys, the river flowing through you forever. OK, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But, you know, him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. What is Jesus saying here? He's actually saying that it is the spirit himself dwelling in you that is unique that is different okay and you if you've listened to my stuff you know i say this all the time churches that treat the holy spirit as an option bolt on like they're going to a car lot and asking for air conditioning versus no air conditioning that's the biggest lie in the church jesus is actually saying my church are those embracing and centering on the holy ghost it's the presence of god okay it's not the defined doctrines that make you better as a group of people, right? That most denominations are. And that's, that's really what a denomination is. A denomination separates each other, separates one another from, from, from everybody else because of certain boxes that they put themselves in. I believe this. You believe that. Do, do, do. At the end of the day, that's all a bunch of junk. That's just one lie against another lie. Okay? Jesus actually says, the true church will be those 
embodied and powered by the Holy Ghost and following the Holy Ghost into the unknown. Okay? He further illustrates the point in uh, verse 20 of John 14. He says, And he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Jesus, Jesus is, is he's talking here about the voice, guys. A lot of false teaching out there says that the commandments, he's talking about Bible scripture. Okay? That's not what he's talking about. The word, the word commandments is, is actually the, the Greek word. It actually means the flowing voice. Okay? The river. The flowing voice of God is what you set your heart on. Okay? And the evidence is Jesus manifesting in your life. I know people that have the Bible memorized. They, they try to be good Christian people, so to speak. And they're powerless. Nothing ever happens in their life. And they come and they hear me talk. And I say, I had a dream tonight. I, ha I had a dream uh, last week. I had a dream that sent me to India. I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a vision. I had a vision. I had a vision. And where I go places, there's demons cast out of people. There's people, d dead babies raised from the dead. There, there's uh, demons cast out. There's all these supernatural things that happen. Right? And I, I point them back to the scripture and say, listen, the evidence is that Jesus is present because he is speaking to me. His voice is working through me. And it's as simple as you, your heart being honed in to the pure river of life in Christ Jesus, where he has promised there is healing in every month. Every curse is broken. Uh, there is deliverance. There is supernatural. You will not depend on the light of men or the light of the world, which is referenced as the sun, right? In, in, in Revelation 22, when he's talking about the river, he says, there will be no sun. Why does he say that? Because your life will come from the living sun, right? The son of God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who promised he would not leave you orphan. He would step into every picture that you follow his command in. He will be present. Okay, to illustrate this further, John 16, 13, he said, Jesus is continuing to speak about the spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, not 50%, not a guessing game, not trying to achieve. And that's really what most of our dead churches are built on. It's a guessing game. Here's a scripture and people memorize it and they try to achieve. Just come to the altar and say yes. Just say you believe in Jesus and everything's good. Those are a bunch of lies. Those are absolutely a bunch of lies from the devil. It's a demonic doctrine designed to bring mud into your river. Okay? Mud, when there's mud, there's powerless, there's confusion, there's brokenness, there's despair, there's the unknown, there's fear, there's intimidation. Those are all evidences of the natures of the demonic. The presence of evil has come in and spoken death, destruction, doubt, unbelief. That's the evidence of evil working against you, okay? In contrast, Jesus says the spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He's talking about when the king of kings has a plan for your life or dealing with whatever, whatever situation is in front of you. When he speaks, 
the darkness must go, right? Back to Genesis chapter one, when the darkness is hunted down by the Holy Spirit, it says that the Lord himself speaks into the darkness. He's not afraid of it. He actually hunts down the darkness. He speaks into the darkness. The darkness can't stop it. The light overcomes the darkness. And that is why a heart that has the revelation that life comes from the voice of God and the voice of God only is where life comes from. You can't get life by following a principle. You can't get life by putting all of your paycheck. I don't care how holy you think that is. I don't care if you put all of your paycheck in a tithing bucket. That's a principle. A principle cannot give you the life of the spirit. Okay. Now, if the Lord speaks to you and says, put your whole paycheck in the bucket. Okay. That's a command. That's a living command from God. That's not a, that's not following a principle. That's the Lord saying, put your paycheck in the bucket. And from my own experience, when the Lord told me to put my whole paycheck in a bucket, not because a man said or beat me over the head with a principle of tithing. But when the Lord spoke to me and said, put your whole paycheck in the bucket, the Lord, it was an avenue to break me free from the dependence of a system, a religious system and depend on what the Lord spoke to me in that moment and blessing and the supernatural began to open up in my life. And I don't want to talk about that in detail today, but I'm using it as an example here. The spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. What is truth? Truth is a spirit. Truth is not something that you read the Bible and you pick certain scriptures and say, I'm going to try to do the best I can. I'm going to achieve these things. Okay, that, that is not what Jesus is saying truth is. Truth is spiritual, meaning it's voice driven. The kingdom of heaven is voice driven. Okay, Jesus demonstrated this new operating system or this new heart. Um, in, in Isaiah 11, it says that the sevenfold spirit of God rested upon Jesus. And it says he did not judge by the hearing of the ear or the seeing of the eye, but he judged with the gift of true discernment. This same operating system is demonstrated. Jesus, Jesus says in John 5, 19, he says, I only do what I see my father doing. What's Jesus, what's, what's being revealed here, guys? The spirit of truth, the presence of the living spirit of God is the operating system that Jesus functioned under, under. Okay. He didn't try. He knew the Bible and because um, he knew the spirit. He could teach the Bible in, in the reality of the nature of what the Lord wanted the Bible to represent. Okay. But the memorized Bible was not what drove Jesus. It wasn't what led him. Jesus every day demonstrated a prayer life where he would go into prayer day after day, night after night. He comes out of prayer. All right, boys, Today, we're going to the woman at the well. I had a vision of a woman at the well. That's where we're going. Okay, today, guys, I had a vision of 5,000 people. We're going to feed the 5,000. You, you, my disciples, are going to feed the 5,000. Okay, these are. this is an example of being led by the voice, the pure river of water of life. Jesus did not allow the doctrines of the Pharisee and the rituals and the conditions that the Pharisee had established that enslaved the people he didn't let those dirty muddy waters inhibit him from simply trusting the holy spirit 
His heart was pure. It was a pure river of life. And the, the point is, guys, that Jesus emphasized the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to stay in the city until the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Why? Because it is the only source of life. It is the pure river. Okay? You can follow a principle all day long, and those are good things. For example, the law of sowing and reaping is a good thing. Okay? It's a principle. If you give money, it will come back to you. That's a principle. Okay? And it's a way to overcome the world. It's a, it's a way to survive the system of the world. Okay? But there's only one source that can give you life. That actually can conquer every situation around you. Break every curse. Break every form of blindness. Break every form of intimidation. And that is the embrace of the Holy Spirit, knowing that the Holy Spirit himself is the pure river. It is the only thing that's not diluted in this world because man's interpretation of the Bible without the Holy Spirit is diluted. Okay. Like I said, in the book of James, it says that Satan knows the Bible. Satan knows it. He twists it. He turns it. Okay. What, what, how, what exactly is the definition of deception? Deception is a half truth. Right? They take written scripture, things spoken of by God, and they twist it. And instead of it delivering you, religious systems literally um, use scripture to enslave people. That's deception. Okay? That's how demonic doctrines work. Okay? And it's, it's a war, guys. It's a war. The whole book of Revelation is about the war between the Spirit of God and the Antichrist. Okay, the, the, the anointing, the Christ, the risen Christ, the anointing. And that is what Jesus poured out upon those who received the baptism of his spirit. Can I tell this to you? I just want to, I would just want to encourage you because a lot of you are probably getting revelation right now about how many dumb, stupid doctrinal things that you listen to or follow to and think you're going to get life from it. If you, if you follow this, if you do that and you have no prayer life. It's in the prayer life that life comes because out of the prayer life, the dependence on the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to get into the gift of tongues today. I've talked about that enough, but I encourage you to go back and listen um, to a, a lot of the last probably five or 10 messages where I talk a lot about the gift of tongues. That is the source. The pure river of life is drawn by the gift of tongues. But I want to emphasize to you today that the devil is afraid of what many of you are about to become because there's people listening to me right now who are going to have these muddy waters ripped out of them. Um, you're going to have all of, uh, you're going to have this revelation that you dependent on man's doctrines and systems that are actually demonic designed to enslave you instead of embracing the Holy Spirit and doing it the way Jesus did it, which was Go into prayer, go into prayer, go into prayer, pray in the Holy Ghost, wait for the Lord to speak. And when he speaks, he knows exactly which battle and which war he wants to lead you into to conquer. That is the essence of the giving of the Holy Ghost. Okay. And I'll say it again. The devil is afraid of what many of you are about to become because one man who trusts in the pure river of life, who wins the battle, who literally has the revelation of Christ. That's what the book of revelation is. They embrace the revelation of Christ. They work through the war, right? 
everything that's described in the book of Revelation, you will go through those wars personally, okay? And as you have your life simplified by the Holy Ghost in the pure river of life in Christ Jesus, you become a supernatural creature. You become something that is impossible to explain because you don't even know what's going to happen next. If I told you so, if my summer has been so supernatural, uh, you're, you're going here, you're going there, then you're going there, then you're going to go here. And I've seen so many supernatural things happen just in the last few months. It's unexplainable. It's, it's, it's something that can't be defined by a religious system. Okay. I've, I've seen entire churches literally transformed this summer because the Lord opened the door to get me into a church Two, three hundred people get baptized in the Holy Spirit in one weekend. And pastors, like all they can do, they call me and they weep because they know that what they were teaching was dead religious junk. And now they're seeing miracles. Now they're seeing deliverances. They're seeing healings. They're, they're seeing just the supernatural way of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that there are many people listening to me that that same thing is going to happen to you. Okay, and I just I just encourage you pray in the Holy Ghost, guys, trust in the pure river of water of life, because this war between you entering the simplicity of prayer is real. Okay, in Acts 16, um, Paul is entering into the region of, of Galatia. Okay, he's entering into the place where all the seven letters to the seven churches, right? Pergamum, Sardis, Laodicea, Ephesus, all of those churches that, G, that Christ uh, or Paul, Paul through Christ birthed in that region um, were in this area, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about this area of Galatia for a few minutes because it's a good, um, it's a good uh, reference point to talk uh, and get an understanding about this war between Christ, the anointing, the Holy Ghost, and the Antichrist, or the, the constriction that the Antichrist wants to put on the church or stop the church, okay? And so, in, in Acts uh, 16, it, uh, it says, I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read starting in verse 16, Acts 16, 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us. That word divination is the word python. Um, and it's the same, same word uh, used as a python snake, right? A python snake works to constrict that will also ultimately remove the breath, meaning the symbolism, meaning remove the Holy Spirit. Take the Holy Spirit out of the equation and the devil will always win. But if you have the Holy Spirit, the devil is in trouble. Amen. The devil is in trouble. If the Holy Spirit is present and there is one person in the room who believes in the Holy Spirit, one prophecy, one word of knowledge breaks the back of divination, breaks the back of the constriction that's on the people. Okay. So I'll read this again. Now it happened as we uh, went into prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. 
Let's just stop right there for a second. She actually spoke truth. This spirit, this demonic power spoke truth. Is Paul not a man of God, a servant of God, right? And so so the demon spoke truth, but it was intended to constrict and uh, basically ultimately break Paul right? Because there's a call of God on Paul's life to bring revival to an entire region. And, 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 and there's a way Paul did that. I'll talk about that in a minute. But Paul recognized in this next sentence, he says, and this she did for many days, but Paul greatly annoyed, turned, he discerned basically, and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Okay. Can I tell you this, guys? This is something that you, as a powerless Christian, when you first get the Holy Spirit, you have to recognize and embrace and discern the fact that there is a demonic power that has constricted you for many years. It's probably constricted your parents, your forefathers in previous generations with an intent to keep you from the Holy Ghost. Why? It fears the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost is the one source, the pure river of water of life that can drive this spirit out. And just as Paul discerned that although this spirit spoke truth, it was not the Holy Ghost. It was a demonic power. He turned to it and said, come out. Okay. Why is this important? Because there's a revival that Paul was led into the region of Galatia or what they call Asia Minor. He was led there with an intent to pour out the Holy Spirit. Okay, how do I know this? If you read Acts chapter 19 in in the area called Ephesus, which is in in the region of Galatia, what does Paul do? Starting with verse one, it says that Paul um, walking into this region, verse two, he said, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. Acts chapter 19, verse one, and it happened with Apollos, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Paul says to them, into what were you baptized then? It was was important to define what their heart position was. Did they have pure water or muddy water? So they answer and say, we were baptized in the John's baptism. Paul says, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul laid hands on them. The Holy Spirit came upon them. It says they prayed in tongues and prophesied. This is important to understand because Paul was uh, deciphering between repentance, which does not have the power of, a, of cleansing. It's a, it's a heart position still recognizing need. You, have, you are in need of a Savior. Okay, and once you have a revelation of a need of a savior, it is the baptism of Christ. Paul Paul says, you have not received the baptism of Christ, meaning you have not received the Holy Spirit. Paul says, oh my gosh, we have to get you baptized in the Holy Ghost. And what happened in the whole 
uh, region of Asia Minor, or what, what is called Galatia. All the churches that are in that region, Laodicea, right? The Church of Philadelphia, uh, Sardis, all, all of those churches that were initially birthed in this exact same manner. Paul says, have you been baptized in Christ? We got to get you baptized in Christ. Finds people, he lays his hand on them and they pray in tongues and prophesy, meaning that the pure river of water of life came upon people and their heart no longer was world connected. It was Holy Ghost connected. Okay, and this, this is a picture of the importance of the simplicity of the Holy Spirit. Without this simplicity, all waters are muddied. And if there's water, muddied waters, or what Paul defines here as all these false doctrines, well, all you do is just need to repent. All you do is just need to come to the altar and say, I believe. I, and, and there's no product, there's no fruit in your life of the supernatural presence of the, of the Christ, of the anointing, then there's a problem, guys. There's powerlessness. And there's a war. There's always a war between the Christ and the Antichrist. That's what the book of Revela Revelation is about. The war between the Christ and the Antichrist and ultimately those who where Christ sets up his throne upon in their heart have a pure river of water of life that no matter where they go, there's healing in every month of the year. There is a breaking of curses everywhere they go. They don't depend on what man and doctrines um, different church doctrines say they depend on one thing. They depend on the Holy Ghost. And in Paul's second mission, he comes into Galatia and he's shocked at what he sees because the region who simply entrusted and embraced the equipping of the Holy Spirit and saw revival, saw demons driven out, like in, in Acts chapter 16, um, you know, demons were driven out of people they burned their books. They brought their witchcraft books and all of the false gods and idols that they, that they um, followed. They bought, brought them into the city and burned them. Read, read Acts chapter 16, 17, 18, and 19. The supernatural happened in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, okay? But when Paul goes in his second mission, he comes, he comes into, into Galatia and he's shocked. Why? Because no longer did the people simply believe in the Holy Ghost. They actually default back to different, uh, what they call doctrines um, and ways of Judaism, right? All be believing in the conditions of the Pharisees and it made them powerless. And Paul says this to them in, in Galatians 3 verse 1. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, meaning that you don't have a relationship with the person of Christ and follow him only. Why do you, why do you um, embrace doctrines and think you are delivered and healed and supernatural things happen because of your doctrines? There's actually only a single doctrine that brings life, and that is the Holy Ghost, okay? This is, this is a major issue in the church today. Paul goes on in verse 2 explaining this issue. He says, This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or the conditions or striving or by the hearing of faith? Meaning that you hear the voice that is the voice of the living God only. Verse 3, Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by flesh? 
meaning the systems and the doctrines of men and, and just all these lies that you must know. Paul, Paul uses this word, who has bewitched you. He's actually referencing the divination. He's, he's referencing you have let the snake come back upon you and constrict you and make you powerless, powerless again. What has happened to you? You've been deceived. Paul, as a father, is looking at these guys and saying, oh my gosh, I brought you the simplicity of the Holy Spirit and revival broke out. And now these Judaizers, these, these demonically inspired religious guys have come in and have taken leadership roles and have forced conditions on people that are powerless and actually enslaving. And Paul, as a father, is trying to implore those baptized in the Holy Ghost to, to step away from those lies, step away from the, what we call a church system and embrace the power of the Holy Ghost in the supernatural, okay? Jesus actually confronts the same spirit in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Jesus says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing meaning they, they're, they're wrapped in written words. They actually put, the if you can envision, Bible pages um, are the clothing that they wear, okay? They look righteous, but Jesus is warning, just because they wear the Bible pages doesn't mean they are led by the Spirit, okay? Continuing with verse 15, he says, those who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. What, what does that mean? That means they're trying to enslave you by convincing you to try to obtain life by striving, by achieving, by becoming something, by earning it. And that's the, the, you can't earn your way to the Holy Spirit. You can only receive it. That's the grace that Christ himself is the only one who was victorious over sin and death. And because Christ was the only one victorious over sin and death, he gets to do it his way, which is he gives you the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You can only receive it. You can't earn it. Okay? And so I encourage you to jump into that scripture and, and read through this because there's a lot of, of revelation in it. Um, Jesus, Jesus is actually talking about um, the powerlessness um, and enslavement here that comes upon people who actually think they're doing the right thing but, but are actually led in, into what will ultimately come deep brokenness, deep um, enslavement, deep imprisonment, okay? That's what religion is. It's powerless and it gets you to come back to the same system and support a system. If you if you are living right now to support a system, you missed it, man. Your your life should be centered on one thing, and that is the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is saying. If He has led you to a group of people who are like-minded, who come together and pray, and and actually together the Lord is speaking to you to go here, do this, don't do this, sit here and wait and pray for this season. Wh whatever that is, it is led by the Holy Ghost. And anything that is outside of that leading of the Holy Ghost is a confinement, enslavement, imprisoning process. 
And Jesus, Jesus calls these guys Judaizers. Okay, actually, I'm sorry. Paul calls these guys Judaizers in, in Galatians 3. It's the same thing as a, as a wolf in sheep's clothing, a false prophet. A, a Judaizer actually takes um, Scripture and made it the centerpiece and, and actually um, takes the importance of the Holy Spirit out of, out of the whole presentation. And that's, that's an enslavement process. That's how, that's, how, um, that's how wolves in sheep's clothing get people to come back to support their system. Uh, if, you know, quote unquote, support their church, convicting you, um, putting pressure on you, put money in the, if, if you don't tithe, if you don't put money in the storehouse, um, God's angry at you. And th those are lies from the devil, guys. Those are absolutely lies from the devil. Because if you believe that Christ conquered the law and the prophets, he conquered the whole Old Testament. And so in Christ is the New Testament, the new operating system, the new pure river of life in Christ Jesus. And he gives you the river of life. And those who are in the pure river of life, simply trusting the voice of God, step into the supernatural. Okay? Jesus is the only one who conquers. You can't, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a whole lot of conditions that are placed on people. And one of the hardest ones to deal with um, is what we call Pentecostal holiness. If any of you have been in Pentecostal, um, old Pentecostal um, religious organizations, you have one of the toughest things to deal with because in the surface, they claim Holy Spirit. They even call themselves Pentecostals named based on Acts chapter 2 and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But they actually, um, you know, for example, um, you know, all the women, no makeup, straight long hair, long skirts. You cannot wear jeans. If you're seen in jeans, you're going to hell. Um, and you can go down through the list. Women can't preach. Women can't do this. Um, you can't have instruments in some cases. You can't um, the, the, you know, certain gifts, you can only pray in tongues. You don't prophesy. The, the, there's all kinds of screwy, messed up doctrines. And I'll, gi I'll give you an example of how powerful these false doctrines are. Um, last week, I was in Washington, D.C. And um, there was a particular woman who I started to pray for. And when I started to pray for... Um, I, I saw I saw a python wrapped around her. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three visions here in ministry situations where the Lord showed me pythons wrapped around people, and I want I want to emphasize the supernatural deliverance that occurred in all of these situations. Okay, and I've done this enough that I know that whenever the Lord shows me a python on a person, I'm dealing with a heavy religious spirit and something that is intended to constrict. And limit people from simply receiving the power of God. Okay, a, a python always takes half truths and and enslaves with the intent to keep revival from happening in an individual, or or with a body or a region. Okay, just like the slave girl, Paul cast the the python spirit out of the slave girl in Acts chapter sixteen, and revival went throughout all of Galatia. If Paul doesn't confront that spirit when he first goes into Galatia, revival doesn't break out in any of those cities. 
And all of those people that received the power of the Holy Ghost, they prayed in tongues, prophesied, and all of the supernatural that happens in the churches in Galatia, none of that happens if Paul does not cast out the demon of, uh, called Python, okay? And so back to the story in Washington, D.C., I start to pray for this woman. I see a vision. The Lord shows me a vision of her. And um, I see a python snake wrapped around her. And I, you know, so I start to, I start to pray for her and I laid my hand on her. And I, I, I asked her, I said, just receive the Holy Spirit. And she says, no, I can't, I won't. And I come to learn that this woman grew up in a Pentecostal holiness uh, environment, um, trained by doctrine that she had to earn all the conditions that I described earlier, long hair, long skirts, no makeup, um, sat silent in church, couldn't receive, was really unworthy to receive the Father's love. And so I spoke the scripture over her. It's a pretty famous scripture. It says, uh, um, perfect love casts out fear, right? Because fear involves torment. This woman was being tormented. I said, the Lord wants to pour out his love upon you right now. And she goes, no, I cannot receive it. I'm, I can't receive it. I can't, I can't, I can't. And I said, I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> and I, I started to prophesy that the love of God was going to break the back of that serpent. And all of a sudden, her eyes glazed over. Her eyes turned pitch black. And she bows up in my face. And now this is no longer her speaking. This is the spirit in her speaking. And she, she, she clenches her fists. And she gets in my face and she, she starts to growl and she goes, she's mine. The spirit is now telling me she is mine. I own her. She's mine. She will not receive the love of God. And, I, and so now my interaction with the group of people that's in the room watching this, my interaction is confronting a spirit and, and, um, so I, I start confronting the spirit and casting the spirit out. And she, she grabs my shirt. She's trying to claw me. Um, she ends up growling. She falls to the ground. She's screaming, this demon. This is probably a 15, 20 minute battle with this demon. And this demon is screaming out, screaming things like, I've owned her since the beginning. I owned her parents. I owned her grandfather. And, and, and the spirit has claimed right over this person. And I'm casting and commanding this, this python spirit to come out, come out. And when it was over, she is literally, uh, when the demon comes out, she's weeping. She's, she, she is free. She's laughing and this, she's able to literally raise her hands and say, I'm worthy to receive the Father's love. And I'm telling you that story because, you know, I run into this a lot. I, uh, you know, I, I go into churches and um, churches, for the most part, my view of, of the American church. Um, and again, I have an extreme trust in the Holy Spirit. I know that those stories are littered throughout my books of following the Holy Spirit into the unknown. Um, but it's because of that trust and obedience in the voice that I can see religion, okay? And so when the Lord takes me into places, I run into this stuff all the time. And um, 
I'm telling you this story because, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening right now that your guts are starting to churn. You're starting to um, realize, my goodness, I, I, this is the way I see. I can't simply just say I'm a son or daughter of God worthy of receiving the presence of God, the love of God, that he'll speak to me. And I say that's a lie, okay? That is a lie from the devil. And we're going to pray, but I want, I want to tell you a couple more stories because this Python spirit is designed by the enemy to constrict the church, to actually keep the church from the power that the Holy Spirit is designed to give, okay? And it, and it works because of people trusting in doctrines and not the voice of God, okay? Um, I was in uh, I was in this particular place in uh, um, in India, um, Iluru, India. Um, it's on the east coast of India, north of Chennai, and um, we had a pastors' conference. And you know, there's probably 200 pastors in this room, and um, I leaned over. I, we were in worship before we started. Uh, just before, before we started a conference and there's this guy sitting in the back row, big heavy set guy. Um, he had this look of disgust on his face. I'm, I'm looking at him and the Lord shows me this python wrapped around him. And I saw an angel beside him and I saw the, the angel taking the, the serpent and uncoiling the serpent off of him. And I saw this guy in the vision break like this heaviness that he was carrying. I saw it break. And I leaned over to my interpreter. And my interpreter at this point has worked with me uh, for probably three years. Um, been in hundreds of uh, meetings. Has seen the supernatural. He's seen deliverance and healings. Um, deaf mutes see and or deaf mutes hear and talk and blind see. And just he, he's been there and done that. Okay. But in this particular situation, this was a village close to him. He knew of this guy. And this particular guy was in charge of all the pastors for the region. Like hundreds of pastors um, were under this guy's authority. And I start to tell my interpreter, I said, this is the vision the Lord gave me. And my interpreter literally turned white as a sheet. He turns and looks at me and he goes, no, you can't do that. You don't understand. This, and he begins to describe that this guy believes in nothing about the Holy Spirit. He thinks it's a lie. He thinks that died with the apostles, kind of like the Baptist doctrine thing where, you know, sensationalism, they, they think that, you know, that was only for the early church and today's church only needs scripture, which is one of the biggest constricting elements of the Baptist organization there is. That's a Python spirit, okay? And so I looked at my interpreter. I said, listen, this is what the Lord told me. This is what we're doing. If you do not want to work and, and, and do what I'm telling you to do and trust that the voice of God is leading us to confront a specific thing before I preach, then I'll get somebody else. And he's, he's like, you can tell he's in anguish because his reputation is on the line. He knows these guys. He knows that if I confront this guy and it goes south, then he's done, right? Everything he's worked for for a decade organizing this he's got to patch up and he finally he finally got some spiritual kahunas i call it and said all right i will uh <laughs> let's do it 
And so worship ends and I call this guy forward and this guy stands up. He reluctantly comes forward. Well, at the end of the vision, all I can tell you is as I'm describing the constriction and the feeling of the, that the constriction puts on him, this guy is a big baby inside, man. He breaks. He falls to his knees. Um, and I start to prophesy about this guy leading a revival. And um, I ask him in the midst of, of my ministry to him in front of these 200 other pastors, I ask him, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? And he starts to weep. Because something inside of him is driving him to like want to, right? That's the presence of God himself. He, he, he's, he's, this guy is saying, I want to, but I just never saw it. I don't think it's real. Um, I actually need healing. I didn't get it. Da, da, da. It goes on. And I start to uh, command this serpent to leave this guy. He falls to the ground. He's laying on the floor puddle of snot and tears. He gets up, tongues comes flying out of this guy, okay? He's weeping and he's like, Jesus is real. The Holy Ghost is real. Like he's completely transformed, okay? Now, can I tell you this? I did not preach that day in a normal fashion. None of my, nothing that was in my message, I even got to. I never opened my computer, never spoke a word out of the, 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 the several hours of teaching that I was gonna do. You know what happened? The Holy Ghost decided he was picking a fight. He decided that he was going to pour out the, the power of God that day. And he picked a fight with the biggest, strongest demonic power in the room. He broke that power with the word of knowledge, with a prophecy. He broke that power. And this guy gets off the ground, no longer constricted, but praying in the Holy Ghost. He's weeping. And, and he, he, all he can say is the Holy Spirit is real. And he literally started to pray. And once he started to pray in tongues, he could not stop praying. And so I asked the rest of the church who were under this guy's authority. I said, does anybody here believe in the Holy Ghost? And there were like three guys and they put their arm, even though they're watching this supernatural thing, they're like their arms halfway up, but they, because they don't want to be different. Okay. That's, that's the evidence of the power of false doctrine. It constricts and confines, okay? Even those who have revelation are constricted and refined. You do not want to sit in an environment that is constricted and refined because revelation is not meant to be constricted and refined. It's meant to be fathered and helped and given a platform to be released, not constricted and refined, okay? And so back to the story, I, I asked people, you know, there's like three guys out of 200 that know anything about the Holy Spirit and only three guys that pray in tongues. And so I asked everybody to stand up. Do you want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit now that your leader has been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Guess what happened? Every one of those guys raised their hands. And for the next hour, we're laying hands on people and they're all weeping. They're laying on the ground. They're overcome by the presence of God. The power of the Holy Spirit is coming upon them. And they're praying in tongues. And for the next hour, we had, we had a girl on the piano. And all these guys did was pray in tongues and weep. And one after the next after the next started having visions. They would come tell me their vision. And I would interpret their vision and begin to prophesy to the people the word of the Lord. And taught them 
how praying in tongues and prophesying are synonymous with the power and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, right? The Lord speaks and the supernatural happens, okay? But, I mean, I, I have so many Python stories where the Lord purposely goes into places, into darkness, with the intent, with the intent on breaking the back of dead religion, removing the serpent that constricts. And you guys must know this. I want to emphasize this before we close today, that it's not just false doctrine. It's not just a thought process that enslaves you, that keeps you bound, that keeps you intimidated, that keeps you thinking that if you come back because that pastor says, put your money in the basket, put your money in the basket, or, or if you put $222 today, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. Those are wolves in sheep clothing, guys. You are not saved by putting money in a basket. You are not saved by attending church. You are not saved by any, uh, you know, keeping your hair long, keeping a long skirt. You are not saved by, quote unquote, being a good wife and sitting there speechless, unable to, un unable to talk because you've been conditioned that that's what a woman is supposed to do. Okay, that, that can't save you. Only the pure river of water of life can bring healing in every season, can bring deliverance, can break curses and, and, and open up your heart to hear and see the vision of the Lord. That's why, that's why the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, right? You will dream dreams, you will have visions and you will prophesy. The darkness will not be able to stop you. You will discern the python spirit. You will discern the, the demonic doctrines. You'll no longer be subject to muddy waters. And that's, that's the hardest part about uh, the American religious church system today because the majority of it is muddy waters. They believe in doctrines. They, they actually trust more in doctrines than they do in the Holy Spirit. Those are muddy waters. And those are, those are called slave camps, guys. Those are called dead places. Paul, Paul, the exhortation in the in in uh, the book of Revelation to the to the seven churches are all different heirs of muddy waters, right? The 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 muddy waters that allow false prophets, the muddy waters that allow Jezebel, the muddy waters that allow you to sit there and just be conditioned in a pew to think that you're saved because you sit in a pew. Those are all lies, and that's that's what the letters to the seven churches are. And whenever the Lord leads you into a fight to pick those battles, you will experience the book of Revelation and ultimately lead to, to the simplicity of the pure water of life in Christ Jesus. It's the end game. It's the Revelation 22, okay? You guys should go home and literally write Revelation 22, the pure river of water of life on your mirror, and put put that as your goal. Because if you have that as your goal and you have that, that zeroed in, the Lord himself, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, will actually begin to reveal all these false doctrines and lies and muddy waters, which are really demonic powers working in your life. Okay? Um, people, people have called me that, you know, people that have been activated in the Holy Ghost recently, and they say, why when I begin to pray in tongues, why do I start seeing visions? Um, why, why, why does the Lord start to show me dragons? Why does the Lord start to show me serpents? You know why? Because the Holy Ghost is picking a fight. He's revealing to you where your war, what your war is against, and that He's going to literally 
kill that thing. He's going to kill that false belief. He's going to kill the power of the python that works to enslave you and to keep you bound and powerless. Okay? And, and I just encourage you that you would, I pray that you would, um, that scripture that I prayed over the woman, the, the Pentecostal holiness woman who, who couldn't receive, I pray that you would receive the love of the Father. I pray that the perfect love of the Father would cast out fear and every evil uh, imprisoning thought process um, influenced by a false understanding of Scripture um, and, and the power of the demonic, especially the python spirit. I pray that the perfect love of God would cast that out right now in the name of Jesus and drive that out in the name of Jesus. I take authority over the python spirit uh, working in your life. Um, that constricts you and confines you and keeps you from the simple trust of the pure water of life in Christ Jesus and the voice of God. I break that lie. I break that lie in Jesus' name and I release upon you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in Christ Jesus. I break the power of de bewitchment and um, all the uh, demonic uh, Judaizers, leaders, who have put false doctrines into you, uh, false belief systems, imprisoning belief systems, and uh, ultimately are intended to keep you from the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I break those lies right now in the name of Jesus. I command witchcraft to leave you. I command divination um, that comes in through speaking half-truth and uh, with, a, with an intended deception to enslave you and to keep you from revival. I break those lies right now in the name of Jesus. I command that python spirit to go in the name of Jesus and I prophesy revival in your life. I prophesy revival in the lives of the people around you. I decree that you will discern python, you will cut off its head and you will release revival in everywhere you go. You will actually get angry when you see what the python spirit has done to make the church powerless. In Jesus' name, you will discern that spirit and you will drive it out. You will walk into places and the demonic will discern and know who you are and fear you. I just decree over you that the devil is afraid of what you are about to become because your heart is being purified, it's being simplified into hearing the voice of the Lord um, into in falling in love with the Lord, into in falling in love with receiving the presence of the Lord, that He is for you and not against you. I just decree that you are going to become the supernatural power uh, that Christ prophesied over you. And, and, and Lord, I just, I just pray in Jesus' name for the love of God to be poured out right now into every person listening to this in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the pure waters of life in Christ Jesus, the voice of the Spirit, this gift of tongues, would begin to flow, Lord, like a river, and that people would fall in love with this pure river flowing out. That's exactly what it is, guys. It's a pure river. It's not, it has no mud in it. It's a, it is the pure voice of the Holy Ghost. It is the pure river of life. Lord, I pray that they would fall in love with this pure voice of the Holy Spirit, the river of life. Lord, that you actually fight for them and not against them. And that is why they can receive the love of Almighty God. Lord, let this grace come upon every person right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let them fall in love with you. 
Let them truly fall in love with you. That, that all these false doctrines would just f begin to be shaved off, cut off, driven off. And every uh, demon Lord that works to keep people spiritually blind and unable to hear in the spirit, Lord, I break the power of that demonic. I break it in Jesus' name. I command it to go. And I release the power of the Holy Spirit upon those listening right now in the name of Jesus. God bless you guys.